Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute. I'm your host, Will Francis. Today, I'll be talking to Morgan Cummins all about how to boost your career in 2024. Morgan is the mindful recruiter and partner at Talent Hub Coaching and Recruitment, where he's on a mission to revolutionize the recruitment industry by taking a fresh approach to helping people thrive in their careers. Morgan, how are you doing? Yeah, well, doing good. Uh, delighted to be here. I always love doing these shows to the audience, get some great feedback uh, from your audience all the time. Yes, uh, we yeah we always get good stuff out of you. I am looking forward to uh, draining you for all the insight, <laughs> all the career <laughs> insight you've got. Um, right, so actually, we, it's not actually a, that, that long since we last spoke, is it? We spoke um, when I chatted to you for our 2024 Trends episode. Mm-hmm. Now, you said something that did surprise me a little bit, uh, or at least the, the, the weight with which you said it uh, did, certainly, that the job market really has cooled significantly in our industry. Um, is that still the case? Has that changed? It, it uh, certainly hasn't changed dramatically since we spoke in December. What are you telling people? What are the key things you're telling people to sort of respond to that change? What are the kind of key bits of advice you've got? I went for a big walk yesterday because I, I really wanted to clear my head before I came, came on today to see how I could once again deliver this message in the most simple possible way because it's not rocket science. But firstly, well, people have got to understand no one is going to care for their career until they do. And if you're in a rut or if you're looking for a new job, You've really got to look in the mirror and ask yourself, how hard am I working on my job search? How hard am I working versus the competition? And what can I do differently? So you've really got to self-reflect. And as we know, January, super time. So earlier you asked me about the market. It's slightly picked up. So and everyone just has that bounce as well about them. It's a new year. In our mm. part of the world, we've had some stunning sunny weather for the last week. There's just a good energy around. So it's a, it, it's a good time to actually look at yourself in the mirror and, and ask yourself, truthfully, did I give everything I got, everything I got to my, to my job search? So, so that's the number one thing. And then on this beautiful uh, evening walk as the sunset was, was going behind the mountains where I live, I thought VGE. So, well, what the hell is VGE? Well, <laughs> VGE is vision, goals, and execution. And if you'd like, I can kind of explode out VGE in a, in a moment. Yeah, let's but, unpack that. I like that. Yeah. So it is so important to have a vision, either a year out where you want to be, two years out, three years out. And I've said before in this podcast, we overestimate what we can do in three years, but we underestimate what we can actually do in a year or two. So it's it's really important to not just say, oh, well, I just want a job. What kind of job? Who is the person out there that you may have worked with or seen in the industry, or hopefully if you spend a, a, some time in LinkedIn, that's standing out to you? And that's actually the, one of the best breadcrumb trails in terms of learning, in terms of Figuring out how you can get to, so if, if, if someone in our audience is a digital marketing manager and they want to become a director of digital marketing, 
don't just like apply for the jobs. Set a vision and go, okay, who is, who is doing this really well? And I mean, with the advent of, of, of chat, especially and AI, there's just so much information. So if people can spend a bit of time focusing on their vision, the goal setting becomes a lot clearer and then you can set really granular performance goals to get to meet these people and find out where these people work to to basically get ahead of the jobs market how do we know what we what we want and how do we know what the shape of any of that stuff is if you know what i mean it's a look it's a great question and i i, I was just talking to someone yesterday and they couldn't which is normal by the way they couldn't tell me what their vision of their 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 career was going to be in three or three to five years time so i said okay that's fine you're in an industry that you want to move out of okay what industries do you want to work in and straight away this person could tell me two two industries so i said fantastic okay now we, we've got some, something to go mile deep into so my next step for for this person was okay can you come back to me in a week's time with 10 to 15 companies in that new vertical that you want to work in. Yeah. 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 Okay. I can do that. Can you do it in the next one? So now all of a sudden you've got 30 different industries, sorry, 30 different companies in two different industries to, to get some movement on. It's, it's not that you're going to get the silver bullet straight away, but from this exercise by, by thinking strategically about your career, and then seeing what's in either your industry or the industries you want to get into, you've now actually got a bit of a playbook uh, to get to the third stage, which is later, which is execute to try and get to meet people or learn more about these companies. Yeah, because it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like, uh, it sounds so obvious that, that everyone, you should know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, we do kind of need to draw this vision board, don't we, for our career? Like, what do I actually... What, what would I hope my average day is like in three to five years? You know, what job is that? What am I doing? Is it what I'm best at? Is it what I enjoy? Is it in an industry that I feel good about working in? Is it in a place that I like? And there's all these things to consider. And I think a lot of us are maybe a little bit scared of like painting this perfect dream scenario. We just think, actually, I just need to be realistic and crack on and get a job that's got, a, you know, a salary of like 10,000 more euro a year or something. And, we think in these very kind of, I don't know, unambitious, prosaic ways about, I just need to get a job that earns more and sounds a bit more senior, you know? And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I call that business as usual job searching. And right. that is roughly what 90 to 95% of job seekers do. And yeah. best of luck to them. The, the challenge, though, is you're in a market of 95% of the market doing mm. looking for that. I just need, I'm fed up here. I just need another 10K uplift. By doing the strategic work I'm talking about, by actually, which probably most people do for their businesses that they're paid to do for, by doing that work, you're, I know this because I give this advice out for free probably 15 times, 20 times a week. Less than 5% of people come back with the work. And yeah. if I'm jumping co- completely ahead here, if you were to approach a senior recruiter like me with a really good CV, which we can get into how to build later, a an outline of where you want to get to, and then 
a list of 10 or 20 or 30 companies you'd love to work in, you're memorable. I can see that you have put some time in t- and thought into your career. So yeah. you're elevating into that 5%. Now, nice. there's other ways and means to get into a further percentage, which we can get into. But, but that back to my original thought on all of this, no one will care about your career until you start, like, you can't mm. start pointing fingers at companies that aren't interviewing you. And if you show up and imagine you did one of those companies three months later, a job comes up and you've already researched them. You've got to speak with maybe one person in there. You've got a level of insight way beyond the, the, the salary increasers that you mentioned. So to me, it's a no brainer. And especially if you're out of work, why wouldn't you yeah. be spending two to four hours a day doing this? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's definitely no excuse. No. If, um, if you have the time for sure, I guess that's the other big limitation, isn't it? Um, and, and thinking about the sort of skill set, right? Um, what skills, including those softer skills that, you know, that, that are outside of the actual discipline itself of marketing, what, what are that, what skills are recruiters looking for at the moment? Um, and has, has that changed at all in the last year or two? It really hasn't, but it's always changing with the latest trend and be it a good or a bad trend, um, our development, I suppose, tech development, we're, we're facing into, I think, the most exciting time work and world has ever seen with AI. And AI means actually critical thinking, uh, leadership skills, empathy, uh, really leading in a new way rather than command control. And these skills are actually the ones that show up way more beyond the CV. It, it's shown up in your attitude and dare I say, displaying that growth mindset attitude, which, you know, has been, I suppose, thrown around as a buzzword a lot. But that's, if you have had that innately in your career all, all the way through your career, then you'll be able to talk to examples that, that display that. Um, I think a perfect place to start to upskill in these areas is either to put your hand up internally to mentor people. Um, so you're get, if you're not managing people, it's a great way to, to start to, to develop your leadership skills. But these, these days, there's just so much access to great courses online. That a really simple way to start is, I think, an introduction to some form of leadership coaching. Yeah. Because even if you don't take that coaching further for, you know, to become a life coach, you will, it's the best lens of putting a mirror up to, to, to you and what you really stand for. And, and, and you see some amazing things back. And mm-hmm. for me, it, it also triggers, hopefully, this lifelong learning concept, which to me is again, so important for the future with all the technology changes coming. I mean, how how can I make sure that those kind of skills jump out at a potential recruiter, though? Because they might not fully get that until they meet me. So they always say, when is the, you know, when's the, when's the best time to plant a tree? And they would have said, you know, 30 years ago. And, um, but then it's, it's tomorrow. If you haven't done these things yet, that's fine, but you, you need to start somewhere. So, mm. um, if you looked around in your industry, I'm speaking for the marketing industry broadly in Ireland. Um, they have a mentorship program. So yeah. where you can go uh, at any time 
and offer your services to mentor people or to be mentored. Um, that would be one. I, I believe you've, you've got to now be either back in college or doing something that's upskilling, that, that's showing how, uh, you're advancing your skills are filling the skills gaps that you have. And sorry, I should have said way earlier about on the vision. One of the main reasons I want people to think about who are these people three to five years ahead of you in your career is it's very easy then to figure out what your skills gaps are between you getting to their position by either asking them or just checking what they say is on their LinkedIn. Maybe you're part of your, your local community. Um, I'm at a stage of life where I, I volunteer in the local GA club. Those things for switched on, uh, hiring manager, that will make a difference and actually give you a little bit of an edge as well. Yeah, it's true that, isn't it? The things that you do out of work can sort of say a lot about how much you step up to the plate and uh, are there for other people and lead get stuck in get involved you know um because people want people want employees who are sort of agents of change i suppose is one uh cliche way of saying it or agents of something anyway agents that people who drive something um rather than just sit back so it's a good way of demonstrating that i suppose um yeah that that's interesting um so uh so thinking about that one soft skill that we talked about for the trends episode was this personal brand building right building authority um and thinking about boosting your kind of your your profile in your industry or just in general right um just give us a bit of a recap on what you think about that because i'm aware it's not for everyone you know, and I, I'm always worried about making people who just cannot do that feel bad. So let's just make that clear. Yeah. And but you know, I look, I get it and it might be surprising that I had 20 LinkedIn followers before I moved from my marketing job 10, nearly actually nine years ago this month into yeah. recruitment, um, had never posted on LinkedIn or, or, or never worked on my brand uh, being very honest i get it so i've come from that place i recently talked to a very senior candidate who's trying now to break out of an industry and is allergic to all of that i'm going to be brutally honest and say you've got to put on your big boy or girl pants to to step into this digital branding arena uh, you can do it in the offline way and you should do it in both you should have a, a dual strategy networking especially since people are back meeting people is actually, I believe a lot more effective than ever before. However, if you can just think of like, how do you develop this, a, a, a new habit or, you know, how do you eat the elephant? You have to start small. So my simple advice is it, LinkedIn is probably the best social platform for this. Yeah. Just start by having a 15 minute habit a day of using LinkedIn to go through the feed to see if you can learn something new by spending your 15 minutes in there. Try and do that for a couple of weeks. Like, so you're, you're just getting into the platform. Then in maybe week two, three, just start liking and commenting. It could be just liking. It could be, we all know that that's going to boost the algorithm. It's, you're going to show up with someone liking. Mm. 
And that's exactly what I did. Then I had this because I was starting to go, oh, that article is interesting. This is interesting. You go down good learning rabbit holes. And, and for me, it was I, I found a Harvard Business article around the parallels between being at peak performance in, in high-level sports to high-level business. And I, I wrote my first blog about that. But out of that blog, like there's been, I actually set up my coaching business out of that blog, you know? Wow. So it was a case of, I got curious about a topic. And then I remember saying to one of my uh, partners here in Talent Hub going, I think I've found something here. So A, I said, look, all my content, I want you to hold me accountable. All my content that I'm going to start actually, you know, posting, which was even tough for me. Just keep yeah. me accountable that it's linking. It's not going to be about recruitment as such as to here I have a job. It's actually here's way to, ways to be better at your job. So I didn't know, but subconsciously, Will, what I was doing was using my content to help people. And actually then later, when I started doing a bit of work on myself and my purpose, I realized, well, my purpose is I get loads of joy and energy from helping people. So it all sort of aligned. Now, for some Right. They only need to do this till they get the job. But again, if people can think about 95% of people not doing that and you stepping into that 5% for three to six months, I can tell you so many people get hit up by a good blog. And these days, maybe just a good post, but yeah. being consistent. I, I know someone that got ahead of the trend of retail media being the next media in, in uh, retailers like Tesco. He's now as a CMO carved out a niche to go around the world speaking about that at global conferences. So I'm not saying that is going to happen, but it's your brand. And I'm talking to marketeers, you know, you go and recommend this to, you know, your board all the time. Why don't you just spend that time on yourself to do it? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Um, I like your idea of a routine. I think, look, you know, we, we, the best of us are busy and particularly people who've got like children or other commitments. You just, you know, personally, I found that once I had kids, like the spare time I had to put into things like personal brand building and content creation just really went down big time. Um, so you've got to then turn it into a routine, right? So it actually happens. And I, funnily enough, you're not the first person I've heard that from, um, you know, I hear about LinkedIn creators. We've had a LinkedIn creator on the show, um, all talk about having basically a morning coffee routine where they go down the feed for 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. And, and like you say, it, it might not be about posting content. It's just showing up mm -hmm. and it's liking and commenting. And actually a comment should be more than just a line as well. It should be more than like, nice one, mate. You know, it's a comment should be, you, you can actually create content in comments. You can really add to the conversation and you're showing up in a popular post. So you're actually becoming quite visible, right? Because you're showing up in a post that hundreds and maybe thousands of people are seeing with actually a really good comment and a really good additional suggestion or something, resource that you post a link to there, whatever. Um, and you don't have to have original content ideas, but as you say, the more that you do that and you show up, actually, you start to learn what works. You see what your particular tribe, what your industry, whatever, are um, very receptive to and what they seem to gravitate towards. And then having those content ideas is all going to become a lot easier, right? And and then you can 
try that just once a week or something, you know, well, again. And sorry, but that's a, I'm so glad you picked up on that. And so when I talked about vision, there are steps to actually then getting to speak to these people that have carved out what looks like amazing careers. And probably if you speak to them, they probably aren't happy in their careers either, you know. Hmm. But say you have, let's just say, a global brand like HubSpot on your target list. And their previous CMO, who's based here in Dublin, Kieran, of his mm. content, and is still to this day, is follow him, Kieran Flanagan. He's all about AI now, the best in the world. But so let's go back, roll the clock, maybe three, four years ago, when he was on his his rise up through through that tech company. Yeah. The whole idea to to build company lists and people to follow and people to emulate is that you need to then get out of your comfort zone and start making inroads to to get in front of them. If you haven't done what we've just chatted about there and started getting building the habit, getting comfortable, starting and you said not just going thumbs up, mate, but actually great point and here's a bit more insight from me. When you have to eventually do that cold outreach to that individual you have a far better chance of getting that converted to a response at least if they've maybe seen ah that's john who or sarah who who mm. i see commenting on my stuff like vanity does play a role in this too people have egos so i again you might not like doing this but do you like if, if you don't like the job you're in you gotta ask yourself what can I do? What are they willing to do that's painful now that will give me those rewards further down the line? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's true that, isn't it? Hello, a quick reminder from me that if you're enjoying our podcast series, why not become a member of the DMI so that you can enjoy loads more content from webinars and case studies to toolkits and more real-life insights from the world of digital marketing. Head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com forward slash ahead of the game to sign up for free. Now back to the podcast. Coming back to some of the other things you talk about quite a lot, uh, one of which is mentoring and networking. You've, you have touched on that, but just mm-hmm. give me the give me the playbook, you know, give me the <laughs> give me your best advice on that. I I don't have any mentors actually personally. Mm-hmm. I don't do any mentoring, which although my job is essentially doing that because I I teach this stuff. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, what. What would you tell me if I'm like, right, I really want to go, I, I want to get the benefit of someone's mentorship. Where should I even look? Who should I talk to? How should I find them? What should I ask them for? What should I do? Sure, sure. Well, is there a particular, if we could hypo- like just hypothetically think about this, is there a particular thing right now you'd love to learn more about? Setting up a business, uh, how to use AI in your business, etc., etc. Yeah, let, let's say um, set, setting up a successful e-commerce business, growing a successful e-commerce business. Beautiful, no, beautiful. Because I think the biggest problem we all have, and I had as well with mentors, but I have a, a thick neck to get out. I'll go back to how you can get mentors on a like five time a month or a year kind of basis, but. I recently just finished The Sweeping Career. It's a fantastic career book. Um, the two authors, Sarah, and I can't remember the other one, but. Uh, What's that called again? The Squiggy Career. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And there's a website that backs it up, and these guys go in and do talks to companies to help people develop in their careers. Fantastic. But even think about it no such thing as a linear career anymore. 
it's yeah. it's squiggly. But they dedicated a whole section to to mentoring and how to get a mentor. And I love what I loved is they broke it down to exactly what you said there. You wanted to, you know, uh, scale an e-commerce business. So if you were to approach and they write the emails for you in the book, if you were to approach it really badly, you're going to approach, you know, the founder of said e-commerce company going, hello, it's me over here. Um, I'm writing because I would love you to mentor me. And that's kind of it, right? And what do you expect from that? Nothing. Whereas, again, back to, and this is (laughs) back to the research in the industries you want to work in, if you switch around that approach sometimes as well, people you want to get to meet, and you find, uh, I'm currently researching a really cool e-commerce company at the moment that supplies all the swag as as when you join a new, new company. So I've already spent my morning researching them and I go, okay, wow, that's really cool. I love the way they do next day delivery and sustainable products. So when I was crafting an email to the founder, I want to work with them to hire for them and, and recruit for them. Yeah. I just paid them the biggest compliment, genuine, authentic compliment on running such a successful love, the sustainability angle. Can't believe you've got the mm. next day delivery cracked in this country because it's really hard. New yeah. insights. And let's play it forward for you. I then say, look, I, I'm really fascinated about how you actually did this thing in it. Um, I would love to just grab 20 minutes of your time to learn that thing. Now, you're only mm. asking for 15, 20 minutes for one bit of expertise. You're not asking for like ongoing it's commitment, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So if you can think in, in terms of what is your objective? And back to the other thing about traditional networking, changing the lens from networking being this oh, thing to helping each other. So I should have added in that email, you're going to offer him some kind of it, him or her some kind of insight too, so that you've got value to give. So mm. I think if you come from this giving point of view, that is just a way better approach. Right, and and I also sense um, I was quite keen actually. I was at what I wanted there, but I sense that you the way you asked me the question, maybe you suspect some people don't even quite know what they want to know, right? Mm-hmm. So, just to go back to that first step, um, whereas I know I was quite clear about it. Okay, so it, but it, so it's about being very clear about what you want to learn, finding someone you believe knows that, um, and we will seek out the squiggly career, but in okay. general, it's, it's, it's putting some thought into the way that you approach them and showing your value and, um, showing that you've done your homework and there's, you really, you know, genuinely are into what they're doing. Um, what next? Yeah. So I, I, I and this kind of weighs back to, so imagine you get the 20 minutes with them and, and you're trying to get this in person. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. So. I maybe was lucky, but about five or six years ago, when I moved to Toronto, I had kind of masterminded all my vi- my goals and achievements or what I wanted to visualize out with the vision board. Yeah. And there was three people I knew I needed to speak to, to common sense it validated. And one had worked in a recruitment for uh, 40 years and he's a global speaker and I I knew there was three people I needed to get in front of to help me see if these goals were achievable and 
give me some maybe encouragement or motivation to, to get there. So one happened to be married to a cousin, like we've all got cousins and family, and he just happened to be a global CEO. Honey. The other I mentioned was one of the sort of modern godfathers of uh, modern recruitment. And the other was a performance coach um, at, at the time with the Irish rugby team, but going back five, 10 years ago. Mm. I just made it my business to figure out how I would make each of those engagements happen. One guy lived in Australia, by the way. So, but I just, I think if you want something bad enough and you, my motivation that year was to double my target, get equity and talent up. And I, nice. I can't even remember the third thing now, but I achieved all of them. But the best bit of advice I got from the CEO was, where's your family in all of this? Like, how are you going to like work 12 hour days to achieve this? What about your family? Mm. Um, the performance coach gave me a daily routine and the principles of looking after your sort of mind, body, food, and, uh, you know, mind, body connection and mindfulness. Cool. And the global recruiter just gave me the patent that back to say, you can do this, Morgan. I actually followed your content and I think what you're doing is great. Just believe in yourself. Mm. But for each of those engagements, Will, I, oh my God, I turned up. Like with like focus, <laughs> and yes. I made it really easy for each of them. The the guy from Melbourne happened to be giving a speech in Dublin, so you're just using your common sense to go. I want them walking away going, "Wow, that that was that I learned from that." And this is the thing. The other thing you can go and, as I said earlier, find your local mentoring, get into nice. mentoring yourself. I just find the more prepared you are, and the more you're actually willing to give back, the better outcomes you'll get yes very true great advice love that um i yeah i'm, I'm hearing things i've not quite thought about there and i'm sure our audience is too thanks for that it's really good um right okay so back to really priming yourself for success in terms of recruitment how can people make their cv as we call it over here or resume mm -hmm. um uh, or linkedin profile just just on that does anyone does everyone just use linkedin as as their resume now or my advice uh to bring it back firstly is to remember your cv as our our profile has between 8 and 10 seconds that's uh, right. the, the dwell time a hiring manager or recruiter will generally have because if i'm in search mode I might need to get through 300 yeah. profiles. Yeah. The AI is the same, except it would probably do 3000 in two yeah. minutes. <laughs> but each, each person or AI that's looking at your CV or LinkedIn profile will only spend that short duration. So if we start with the CV first, it quite simply has to have impact, business impact in those, um, 10 seconds. And I keep seeing it. I keep seeing bio skills roles no bio with impact and, and strengths mm. achievements role first role achievements first page done it doesn't really matter after yeah. you follow that format throughout they've got you at the first page and then they might spend 10 minutes reading your cv yeah you don't just copy and paste everything into linkedin because you got to respect people's time too and obviously sensitivities of what might be there but again, you're just literally 
and and I think I'm going to be doing this with Gene later February, where I'm going to break each section of the CV down and say, nice. this is what good looks like here, 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 uh, and then move on. So to summarize for the LinkedIn profile, smart image, remember, we're visual by nature, use your banner image, that big long piece that, oh, when I see a yeah. blank, you know, it only takes five minutes to think to upload and get a nice picture up there we're visual creatures then as i said and again if you follow people who are doing linkedin well it's success leaves clues you'll see what they do so get people to, I, I get told by linkedin i have a great profile in terms of wording jump onto mine like just go you know as you said you know that it, it's been done before well just find out who's done it uh, on balance, I mean, do you have an opinion if, if someone comes to you and goes, is there any point in me f actually creating a CV document or should I just send my LinkedIn? W what do you say to that? I always think that's a little bit lazy. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Um, we, in our business, we have to headhunt. We have to do a bit of ego kind of stroking to to get people in. Yeah. But even still, if, if a candidate says, oh, just get the, the client to look at my LinkedIn profile, that they're forgetting that there's eight other candidates that I've got in the mix here for this role. And if they're the only one with a LinkedIn profile, how's that going to look? Yeah, you, you, just, you just don't look that keen, do you really, it's I suppose? It's so professional. It's, it's disrespectful, actually. Interesting. Yeah, that's good to know. Good to know. Um, and just, you know, I've never worked in recruitment myself, so I don't know. Like when when people are rec recruiting and they're scanning, like you say, often very quickly, are there certain things that they're scanning for? Um, I mean, I know there's a, a million things, but are, are there any a, a handful of specific things you could say? Sure, that no, it's a great no. It's a, it's a great question, and I, I know we're going to get into the AI conversation later. Um, we would spend up to four hours sometimes with our clients crafting their brief and writing their rewriting their job specs and getting them to really start thinking about what's the definition of success in 12 mm. to 16 months in the role what are the we develop the screening questions with them so our team are very clear when we're looking if you go back to the e-commerce example there what the top three things this candidate needs to have and it is speed in recruitment, um, especially um, in, in the sort of mid-level recruitment, less so on the exec search side, where yeah. you have the recruiter has to get the best people and get to the best people quickly. So that's why it's 10 seconds. And if they can't see, you know, have has, you know, organic social experience, uh, PPC, million pound budget experience, et cetera, there, it's gone. It's gone. Or if it's, you know, one million budget responsibility you have to move mm. to the next one so they're thinking quite literally in terms of what's in the job description and exactly and that needs to just jump off the cv else it just yeah. yeah and which is why to know it's an old adage should you rewrite your cv for every job you should for and even more so now with ai tell me about that um let, well let's talk about ai from the perspective of um people trying to boost their careers are there any ways that I, looking for a job, can harness the power of AI? 100%. Um, I'm really fortunate to have in my own, um, we haven't even spoken about accountability partners, which are critical to getting a job, which we went to later. But one of my accountability partners 
he's probably when it comes to, I think he's spoken on your podcast actually, Brian, uh, Corish. Um, yeah. So I'm really lucky to, to, uh, be learning from Brian all the time. But like, if you're not already experimenting with AI and everyday tasks, uh, you know, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. But from a career point of view, yes, I mean, you can do just what we said there. You can feed in the job spec that you're applying for feed in your CV. <laughs> and I've seen it in two seconds, you get a better written CV. Yep. Yep. It's, it, I mean, it is great at interpreting, reinterpreting, rewriting. Um, and, and so that is great. And, and because I think the, um, I, I teach about using AI in marketing and stuff. And the, the main issue people have with it is just giving really generic prompts. So they'll say, write me a CV. I'm a digital marketer. I'm going for a job as a digital marketing manager. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that that's clearly not going to work. Whereas that you've got to feed it stuff, haven't you? So feeding it a job description, mm -hmm. feeding it information about the company, um, literally anything that you can, feeding it your existing CV, obviously, yeah. and, you know, really kind of um, giving it lots to chew on because these days it can chew on quite a lot of information. Well, I'll give you another, another great example. Um, uh, the other part of my work is coaching and career coaching, and especially lately where I've really been helping people is in in how they show up for interviews. Mm. So not just in their prep, but subconsciously. And there's a formula to follow when I'm prepping someone. But one of the hardest parts to predict is what will those awkward competency-based questions be? And again, um, if you feed in the job spec and ask it, for awkward competency-based questions. And because I've been doing this for 10 years, I recently, it gave me back the questions that would have taken me a half a day to research and write. Yeah, but yeah. for a candidate that doesn't have half a day, they're getting that now in two seconds. And they don't need me. I, I know I'll help them. But they if they just get in front of a mirror and or get their partner to start asking, tell me about a time, it was it was unbelievably accurate because it was specific to really niche part of marketing and i could not believe like and actually after the interview i checked in and the questions were very similar like so you couldn't even so it that, may be that the recruiter also yeah. used yes the uh, chat gpt so yeah. um oh that's interesting that isn't it yeah and again role playing is a fantastic use of um chat gpt and you can talk to it now yes right in the app so you can have like a really natural conversation with it so you can set you can tell it all about the situation the company the job you etc and say right i want now i want to role play the interview and i want you to ask and me like i, I sorry know. i didn't even think that because like this morning in writing a social post it wrote such a better post for me and i know that's a bit like ugh, but you could be feeding in your answers to those questions and i can guarantee you yeah. it'll give you, you know, better responses and it's again will about that five percent even though we know ai is out there it's a thing there's there's so many other platforms beyond chat i would guesstimate still there's a low percentage of people leveraging it so imagine oh, yeah. if you're in that low percentage going through your next interview and it's a minority anyway yeah. so you know it, the odds become a lot better in our favor don't they you know and and like god forbid People still do this, but the days of turning up to an interview thinking, I'm just going to like do this off the cuff. Mm. 
it's not a good look and that it's unless you're very 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 talented um you're not going to be called to the next round of interview by by that approach yeah how many rounds of interview are there typically these days in uh, in marketing i believe the sweet spot should be should be two interviews in terms of rigor and one chemistry so three is what I, I I've seen in my nine years in recruitment and twenty in the industry work best, but it's still common practice to hear people have done thirteen to fifteen rounds with several with with the tech companies. Yes, we we they're they're famously uh, still a practice, yeah, rigorous, and also tech is is, is known for setting projects or, or ch- challenges of some sort, right? Um, so actual work to do for the interview. Does that happen in marketing so much? It, it does, and I'm actually a fan of it. Yeah. When it's done with consideration for the candidate's time yeah. and when the task is really applicable to what they're going to do in their first six months. I mean, I've seen really, really like... uh Big red flags when companies literally ask for a full marketing plan and uh, all yeah, bells and whistles. Like it's a big off put and it's an old school attitude. And I see loads of candidates drop. Uh, yeah. So it's again, it's just about finding balance. But we would work with our clients to actually craft that brief at search stage so that we're screening and asking those questions have they done these types of projects? Um, so I think it's a good, you need to see how a person performs under pressure. And I know mm. interviews are awkward, but again, with practice and, um, you know, uh, continued practice, you can, you can get better at, at those sort of awkward situations. But uh, I do think it's, it's a good barometer to test a few things like grit, resilience. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, it gives a chance, it gives you a chance to shine. If you're someone that's not getting past task stage you've got to ask yourself why am i and well i've seen people dedicate weeks to these tasks and get the job and that is sometimes unfortunately what you need to do interesting god that is interesting yeah no i've 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 you know i've recruited people for my company and and set them work back when i run an agency um and it would have been small piece of work wouldn't have been a marketing plan but um Mm. i do think it's good because it makes people not only do the work, but also talk through how they work. And it just, you mm-hmm. get a kind of feel for what it's like to work on something with them and, you know, what their whole approach to that is. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and it gets you, hopefully gets you past people who are very good at interviews, but aren't actually that great at the job. Um, it's not a total, you know, fail safe device in that way, but it, it's, um, it is quite reliable, I think. And that's why this this third stage chemistry. Some companies do it at the first stage. Mm. I, I I feel it's best to do it at the final stage. Uh, it gives the candidate better chance. What to, does that consist of then? That's really a time for it to be like the gloves are proverbially off. This yeah. is where it's no longer an interview mode. You've smart. You've either set it for a less intimidating uh, arena than the boardroom, or it could be at the local coffee shop, or it could be nice. within. A nice part of the office, but it's for it's it's for it, it's kind of the chance for the candidate to ask the questions they probably felt couldn't were off limits in an interview, and it's also mm. 
it's time I would do it with our new starters in a coffee shop. I just want to see how they interact with the servers, with the barista. People. Yeah, just what they like in the world. Yeah, like it's interesting. I, I just think it's fair. Like it's you're going to spend two third, or one third of your life with with this person on both sides. Like it's yeah. it's, it's a it's it's a fair. Ask some of my clients will go the old school route of going for dinner. The golf course is kind of gone, but I've, <laughs> I've heard of people going for walks, which is lovely. Are uh, meeting nice. at a nice seaside location. You know, that's because, nice. Yeah, um, it's kind of like it, a. Like a yeah. work date or something, isn't well, it? Yeah. You, know. like you want to. You also want if you really want the candidate. Uh, you, you're trying to set a good impression as well. So, so it is. We've often said that the interviewing is like the dating game. So, yeah. Well, thinking thinking practically about what people can do then um, to progress or even start their career in digital marketing. What daily habits do people need to cultivate as the foundation to then a mindset? that's going to set them up yeah. and put them in the best position to me. And you mentioned something about it's, it was hard to eat out person development time when you have kids. I mm. would disagree. My kids had me up at six in the morning on the weekend. So that's when I developed my first habit about 11 odd years ago of just uh, personal development of watching cer certain thought leaders in that space on YouTube. Yeah. And what I found will was that actually that 30 minutes, if my kids would keep watching Peppa Pig on the screen, turned into an hour and my day, I was in more of a positive place for my Saturday or Sunday or whatever day it was. And I was more likely to go back and read a book. So I would actually say Atomic Habits is one of the best books on, on yeah. personal development out there. And if you haven't read it, get a copy or listen to the audio book because, yeah. you know, even for people doing dry January right now, like me, Sometimes you have to remove a bad habit. Um, yes, and as James Clear says, we are, we are, well, I'm paraphrasing here, but yes. we are our habits and, and habits is how you get things done. It's like, it's like a savings account, isn't it? It compounds every day a little bit of interest. And over time, that amounts to something actually significant. Yeah. And this is the thing, right? People uh, like, I know people talk about miracle mornings at 5 a.m. clubs. You don't have to go that extreme. And I've been there and um, bought that T-shirt and, and um, was useless in my evenings for my family as a result. Same. So, so you've, but you've got to, as you said, you've got to even start with how can I find 15 minutes in my day either to build a habit of lifelong learning, yeah. to change my mindset. And I mean, the access to great information is abundant on, on mindset and changing your habit like one i loved which i picked up from james clear was during the pandemic in ireland we love watching the 6-1 news it's like the we have this religious minute beforehand called the angelus and it's just yeah. a routine to watch the news so what i did was not only start i didn't want to get sucked into the news feed i basically the minute it became came to six so i'm going for a walk and then i put in the earpods and i'm listening to a james clear podcast so i was developing i was actually habit stacking on that and now five years on i'm not watching the news at all so totally eliminated all that bad news but yeah. back to your earlier earlier point it is back to your attitude and i don't care when you wake up if you reach for that phone first thing in the morning or the book 
are the walk, are the run, which one is going to lead to a better, better day? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and do you think this, uh, you, you're focusing there on the, the beginning of the day. I mean, do you think the beginning of the day sets the tone for the, the whole time that you're awake that day? 100%. I mean, if I, if, if you say you want to develop a 30 minute running practice and mm. as the day goes on, things tack up, the emails come in, you get a bit lazier, you reach for the sugar, the extra coffee. It's, and I get some people aren't morning people. That's fine. But it's even then finding when can I get this in early? When mm. can I, can I use my lunch break for it? But, but otherwise you are reacting to the day. And what I love and look, call me extreme, but I get two hours to myself every morning, every morning. Nice. As a result of five years ago or eight years ago, starting with five to end. But now if I want to, which I'm ma massively doing now, learning about AI, now that's where my learning is going. That's where I've an interest in because I can see because of all the vision setting I've been doing, this is the future. And back to another key point, you have got to embrace the mistakes you make. You've got to see them. You're going to make a lot of mistakes when you go through your career, to try and get a job. You're mm. going to get a lot of rejection. If you don't apply that growth mindset attitude of what did I learn from this? What, what, what good is in the bad here? Again, you're just going to be hit by that setback and subconsciously take it into the next interview. And unfortunately, if there's someone who has that growth mindset attitude or just a good, call it a good attitude for learning and growth, they're the ones that the other side of the table subconsciously are going to pick up on has the right attitude. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we'd far rather. We're far more interested in someone who's done loads of things, some of which didn't work, than someone who's done nothing. Yes. yes. You know, so, um, yeah, absolutely. You kind of, maybe it's easy for people to say, maybe it's easy for me to say, cultivate this fearlessness and just know that no one's watching, no one's taking notes. Mm. Get stuck in, try some stuff. It's fine, you know, and, and I think even people are a bit worried about that with AI. I feel like some people don't get stuck in and try these tools because they're worried that, I don't know, it might break it or it might not work or I, I don't really know why or it might cost them a bit of money a month to try mm. a tool out or something. But, you know, like you say, you, you might as well just be the person that got stuck in and found well, out. If I, can, if I can bring it back to about 20 years ago in marketing, the Marketing Institute, or when digital marketing really started, mm. social especially, really started to become a thing. And... Marketers 20 years ago had a choice to jump in, in and embrace that yeah, or to ignore it. And unfortunately, the ones that come knocking on Talent Hub store the most saying, get me a job, I'm, 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 are the ones that didn't embrace the digital marketing learning journey 20 odd years ago. Yeah, It's never too late, but now we're faced with our next learning onslaught from, from AI and how's that going to work? And as you know, others have said, you, you've got to learn how to work with it. Um, You've got to, you've got to jump into it because you do not want to be that person that's, that doesn't know about these things in three to four years time. Well, I think, you know, I mean, if someone's a teacher, for instance, if that's their profession, we kind of assume that like a learning practice is part of their life to some extent. 
um right and and we we assume that about certain professions same with the doctors or people in the medical profession you just think well obviously they're just like picking up and learning stuff like mm-hmm. that that would have to be part of their daily practice um but yeah i mean it is the same very much the same in marketing uh, particularly in digital marketing that learning a learning practice is a it's a core part of doing the job because it's an ever-changing um area it changes very fast. The rate of change is huge. No one can keep up fully. You'd have to spend all day, 24-7 learning. But um, it's about making sure that because you will be the person, as we've talked about on this show with other people, with this these kind of emerging technologies, you're often the person that people look to in a company mm. as, you know, what's going on with this then, right? That You, you get these sort of questions. Um, and that's actually, a, a not, it's not a problem. That's an opportunity to lead on some of these matters and, and the strategies around these things. Um, I appreciate it, all, all the stuff you've got to say and time has raced on. We've been chatting for an hour, um, so I won't keep you much longer. What are the five most important things someone listening should do the second that this episode ends to jumpstart their career? Perfect. No pressure. Perfect. No, 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 <laughs> no, absolutely. So in quick fire round, they need to think a vision. They need to think, where do I want to be in three to five years' time? So really need... paint that vision, number exactly. one. Exactly. And you mentioned vision, vision boards before. I mean, I'd be all over that. I actually do have a picture of where I want to be in five years, what my office nice. looks like, what my holiday home looks like, et cetera, cool. et cetera. So you need to start with that vision. Research tw- 20 companies that you want to go and work in. Find out all that you can about those companies. Set yourself some goals around how am I going to learn more about these companies? How am I going to get into these companies? Find a mentor or actually easier, find an accountability partner. Accountability partners is someone that you can do a quid pro quo with. Can it's you have two-way mentorship exactly. really, isn't can it? You, Just to, so well, yeah. if let's say uh, I want to learn all about AI, can you help me with that and hold me accountable? And will I'll hold you accountable to getting to meet three e-commerce uh, founders simple nice. it's a simple ask they're everywhere uh, you just have to go and ask them on this journey be willing to give 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 you've got to be willing because it's the only way things will what you put out will come back push yourself outside your comfort zone by look one thing get on to event right 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 away find two events to go to in the next three weeks mm. Start networking. It's never, it's like planting a tree. It's never too late. The best time to start is right now. Do that. Get out there and meet people. You'd be surprised serendipitously what might happen. Lovely. Great advice. That's, that's really good. Thank you. And very nicely and succinctly put. Appreciate that. Um, fantastic. So much, um, so much sort of inspirational. So many inspirational thoughts there. Really, honestly, great, fantastic, so valuable. Um, Of course, one last question for you, as always. Where can people find out more and connect with you online? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Will. So our website, talenthub.ie, and on LinkedIn, just search for Morgan Cummins, the Mindful Recruiter, and you'll find me. Please follow my content and engage with me. That's how often people develop their relationships with me, and I'm always trying my best to get back to everyone and help everyone that, that approaches me. Lovely. Thanks. We'll do just that. Thanks very much, Morgan. Very welcome. Thanks for having me again. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>